0: I am the Rock out of podcasting, Charles McCall. and I am here today on Facebook for the first time ever. Uh, let me see. Of course, being on Facebook, I can do some setup beforehand, and I have to do uh, some, uh, well, I guess the, the phrase could be a- afterhand. I'm not really sure how that's uh, phrased. So yeah, I am doing it here on Facebook. So welcome, everybody. If this is your first time, this is, uh, well, it was intended to be Tony Robbins Motivation, meet some Jim Swilley truth-telling, and some Kevin Smith storytelling in there with the naughty bits and everything else. This is not safe for work, so I'd advise you to put on your headphones. I don't always go into areas that people... Are uncomfortable with i don't always use language that people are uncomfortable with however you never know when i am going to talk about something blatantly honest raw and real as i used to do and i won't talk about all the why i'm coming to facebook and and what i'm going to do versus what i have been doing in fact i didn't even change my title it says life for patreon that actually is just going to be changed to my email address or website or something there, uh, because I was doing a Patreon before and I want to get this to be a bigger screen. Thank you. Where's my chat? Uh, so like it, share it, uh, heart it, you know, happy face it, those kind of things. You know how it goes on a Facebook. I am going to share this to my personal page, which means uh, some of this I have to do right as, as I go along. I, I, that's the one thing I don't like about Facebook, I can't get everything set ahead of time the way I want it. Uh, doing. Or GOP live right now, but you know what? Where I shine, where I started to shine was back in the bear curling days when I did stuff raw and real, just fired it up, hit the microphones, hit live, off we went. You know, sometimes, and I did have people with me. It was, it was this here. I'm mostly alone. Uh, Mike wants to be a part, but he can't always be. Uh, today, Mike can't be here. Mike's the producer, Mike Woodard. Mike, Mike, Mike. He is a producer of this show. And my, my, one of my screens got dark. I don't know why. Uh, but he, uh, can't be here today. And that's, that's going to happen. You know, that's going to be part of, of how this has to go now is that I was running into issues doing the show for a couple of reasons. But I want to, I want to talk about some, some heavy topics today. So we're going to go a little bit all over the map. First part is I, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check a camera thing here. Oh, I have to enter. Ha-ha. <laughs> there we go. Uh, boom. So, yeah, I do have another camera angle set up like so, where if you start ty- typing and chatting and I respond to it, I can pull it up on the camera and you can see it in the broadcast itself. You uh, saw so you're going to get me getting off screen a little bit here and there because broadcast computer, seeing the chat, camera, So so on and so forth. Here's how it's going to go. So I launched this show, Rock Out of Podcasting, a little while back. Uh, Hey, Tim Gillette and and Philip, I hadn't spoken with Tim in forever. But I launched this because I left Success Freaks because I felt like I was being pulled in a different direction. I felt like I needed to get more energy out there more I don't know rock and roll right more in, in your face about things and, in my face I wanted to be able to tell a story like I haven't told in a while I, I used to be able to tell stories without interruption now back in the day I'd get really rambly and sometimes I can get a little loopy and rambly here you know not loopy like drunk which you know can happen absolutely but loop as in keep coming back full circle on my story but I've gotten much better about how that operates so I decided that I, I really felt like going in that direction where I had something specific to say, the issues I was dealing with. And I like the idea, the concept of you give me a question, any question, and I go off on it and I, I talk about it. If you want to be silly and, and you know what's pi to the eighth power, whatever, I can Google it. It's not going to make for a great show, but I can Google it. But more like the, more along the lines of a question I'd be asking myself today is I'm really having a hard time dealing with the death of my mother-in-law and not because she meant that much to me, but because the toll it's taking on my wife. And, and then the deeper issues come out from that. But so the question would be, is like, how, how do I help my wife? How do I help myself during this time when my wife is struggling? Uh, so though that's the kind of questions I'm looking for. It's that audience interaction that, that, What's triggering for you? What what is what is it that you need to hear a story about, or or have some advice, or or those kind of things on? And and I did this. I left, I guess, about a year ago. Uh, so Ricky and I, Armored and I, I we're still friends. We still work on things, and and no no direct project we're working on together. But we still help each other out. But the show Success Freaks I ended up leaving that. Launched this a few months later. And I like the idea of the rock out kind of podcasting. It's just, that's what I called myself when I was doing bear crawling backwards. That's, that's honestly, when I look back at it, my most comfortable in podcasting was that. I mean, production-wise, professionally, I was all over the place. I was a mess. I was inconsistent, unfocused. But the feeling of what I did, it, the whole thing was metal attitude meets talk radio. Uh, it's raw and it's real, you know, uh, human human connections. A brutal honesty. And I felt like I've lost a lot of that when when you're going for a certain audience, and this happened in Success Freaks. When you're going for a certain audience, you say things in a certain way. And I felt, you know, I'd have to pick my words. And and again, if you're just joining, this is not safe for work. So I, I wanted a place where I could just if I needed to say something that offends people. But it's what I believe. I wanted a place to say that. If I needed to phrase it with four-letter words, I wanted a place to say that. And I felt like I didn't have it. And when I think back to bear crawling days, I never worried about what people thought. I just did it. And I had a small audience. And and I always thought maybe I'm doing something wrong. And I do very well with a partner, for sure. I, I love bouncing off ideas. And I love hearing ideas that are not my own. That's why I love doing Breaking the Panel over on Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out Breaking the Panel with Klotz and myself and Chris Wisdom. And it's just that that diversity and the ability to play Punchline Scramble, which is one of my favorite games, right? Find the joke, make people laugh, or be surprised by the joke and laugh yourself. Never know what's going to come from those guys. And I work well there. But here, I needed something on my own. And I, I went about it, and I felt like a, a wrong way. And that actually plays into the whole, it's my issue. That's something, to tell you where the title came from of today's episode about it's my issue, is for the last month, well, okay, for the last six months, there's been just heaviness going on in the house where my mother-in-law was getting sicker and sicker, and there was issues there, and she became very mean and very nasty, and my wife's going two doors down. and We live in a house that is two yards away from my Brother-in-law's house where my mother-in-law lived, which made it convenient so that when that midnight call came in that she needed something done, Aaron could easily walk over there and do it instead of having to drive somewhere and those kind of things. But it took its toll on the family, and it it became very difficult to deal with because of multiple reasons. You know, I'm exhausted because I'm trying to keep the house going. I'm trying to keep my finances going, which is always stressful. Okay, always is the wrong word. But keeping the finances going is a stressful thing, because I've chosen a life of working for myself and being on the hustle and, and chasing my passion and my love. And my love is to sit here and talk to people and to share my life and to get these things out there. And then that doesn't always make for steady income. And it was—it's so easy. And I do sometimes miss the office job that I had that I never quit, got laid off, and because of how I focused. On what I wanted. I wanted the podcasting empire. I want to be able to speak from a stage and educate people. I want to do a show where, let's be honest, I want to do a show where hundreds of thousands of people are here on Facebook watching live and sending in a question. And I can interact. And I found some of that with EMS Underground that I do on Thursday afternoons. And we just went straight to Facebook as a, a new way of doing things. And a new way of interacting. And I found, as I took those shows on solo, because Tom, the owner of the school, the Georgia Institute of EMS, they're doing a lot of growth. They're doing a lot of classes. He's gotten things that have come up last couple of weeks. But I found kind of doing Rock, God, Light, right? It's very medically oriented. It's very EMS oriented from my history being a paramedic. And from the audience, is is EMS-based. All medical new students and older people who are learning things are or, or seasoned people, I guess I should say. I find that doing that, you know, getting that interaction, it made for a much better show. And what I messed up with, with Rock God, is is that I thought, okay, I've established, you know, these are the things I do. I know launching it, I launch it to a smaller audience, but I just had this vision of what was going to go on. And so I started it doing it one way, recording the podcast, putting it out there. But I'm going to do video. And the video is basically locked kind of behind a paywall, right? You go to patreon.com, forward slash out, podcasting and, and you pledge. And wherever you level you pledged at, that's the access you got. And I kind of went about it backwards looking back now thinking, you know, getting the business in place, right, and building the audience to follow. Well, it made for a lot of work for me, a lot of unnecessary work that – it happens, you know, and I know I'm in and out of the mother-in-law thing and, and my issues versus why I'm changing the show to Facebook Live, open to the world. And it's all, it's all intertangled because that's, that's my life. My life is, <laughs> you can say it's a tangled mess. I can say it's controlled chaos. It's everything touches, you know, people talk about kids and or, or OCD people having the plates where white can't touch green and green can't touch orange. I mourn it. On Success Freaks was like that. He had his Tortuga world. He had a Success Freaks world. He had his private life. He had all these sections sectioned out. And that that is, is a concept I, I, I have a difficulty wrapping my head around. His life is life. Life touches everything. And so I don't understand how, how somebody even can think that way. Uh, It's just a foreign concept to me. And that's something I want to touch on really quickly is that was part of the fight my wife and I had recently was, you know, I don't understand why she does some of the stuff she does. I mean, I literally have zero concept of why that would matter, but I can still do it. I can still work with her and I can still do things. And it it was a wake and we'll talk about the wake. And and I didn't understand why she did it. it's fine either way. So I was doing all this work. right? I'm doing the video and I'm, I'm getting some of my friends in to help with the chat because I love the interaction. And I, I kind of need that sometimes. I need to know somebody else out there listening. I, I, if I say something that triggers, I love when you type in the chat room and go, oh, you mean like this, or oh, that means something to me. And sometimes it takes the show and turns it right or it turns it left and takes it to a place I couldn't have gone on my own. And I like co-creating that way. And that's one of the reasons I've come to Facebook. I noticed that I was basically doing Rock Out of Podcasting EMS version on the show, except you're know, there on, on EMS Underground. I will curtail my language is absolutely safe for work. Absolutely safe for the general public. And we're very careful about what we do because it is, uh, it is a school based show and we wanted everybody to be feel safe coming and accessing it from their firehouse or their home or anything else. But I noticed that, you know, if I'm talking on a topic and somebody pointing is like, yeah, that's, you know, what do you think about this? Off we go. Or, you know, exactly how I thought about that. And, It's a good thing. So I was making a lot of unnecessary work for people in the future, right? Because I have no patrons at this point. And and that's fine. I'd rather have interactors, listeners, people who get something out of this. Uh, At one point, it was suggested to me that I even turn this into a, a ministry. And I thought about that for a second, but it didn't suit. It didn't suit what I was doing. There was no business... Promotion, no audience that was going to get me otherwise to turn it into a a quote unquote uh, actual ministry. Because I grew up in the South, in the Bible Belt, in in the Baptist Church. So when I hear ministry, I think what most people would think is some kind of God based thing. And while I have my ideas and opinions on God and how the universe works and everything else, I think it automatically shuts doors to people like myself. Because honestly, if I'm going to check out a show, but I know it's a ministry ahead of time, i am already got preconceived notions. I've already got this shutdown almost of it. Um, and, I have say, and I'm going to be playing with Facebook here. Uh, I'm going to talk about everything. That's what this is going to be. It's going to be scattered. You're going to get behind baseball. You're going to get the brutal truth of what I'm doing. Used to be brutal honesty would be I'd just get in your face and tell you what I thought about you, whether that hurt your feelings or not, or what I thought about the situation. And if you didn't like it, suck it. Now it's going to be more – it's going to be brutal transparency. How about that? It's going to be the truth as I know it. And I'm going to talk about – this is going on if I have one within my computer. I'm going to talk about what I want with viewers and interaction, and I'm going to talk about the camera. And Right now it looks a bit in and out of fuzziness, and I'll be honest with you. And I'm trying a cool new framing that I'm doing. And uh, Ah, crap. Uh, That black screen you see behind me is actually – I've got an old, burned-out laptop that won't do much, but it's got my Rock God logo as a background. And I forgot to turn the monitor because it looks so cool in my studio. It really does. It looks great in my studio to have that screen with the Rock God logo. And I might actually change it to the corner where the pins are so that it, it would show up behind in this framing. Anyway, see? I talk about everything. So I was making a lot of this unnecessary work going to YouTube privately, right? It wasn't going out to the world. just going to YouTube. And then i do another 30 minutes after for patrons only. And the idea was you got access to me live and got to be there. Well, nobody knows about me, right? I mean, I've got a very small but dedicated audience. I want to say I appreciate you out there. Phil Ramos has been contacting me. I know uh, De Pooter has been listening and writing in stuff following me here on Facebook uh, uh Carl Dodge and Chris Wisdom and a uh, number of people who Angie Pruitt who follow along and watching and she's going to be mad at me. Angie's going to be mad at me. Happy birthday Angie by the way. Today's her birthday. Uh she's going to be mad cuz I didn't text her. But you know what? This is the kind of show this is. I'm going to stop. Mid show right now. Well, I'm not going to stop. I'll keep talking and going. I'm going to text her and say, "Hey, I am live right now." Uh so there that's that's part of what I do is is you never know what you're going to get uh, on RGOP Facebook because right. she likes to be texted to let her know uh, when to tune in the things and those kind of stuff. And, no, I'm not going to do that for everybody. Angie has supported me and been with me since the bear crawling days. And by supported, I mean she has brought clothes to my house for my kids. She has been there for everything I've done in real-world real, real world conferences and speeches and always been there online to help do stuff, write notes, whatever I need. She's been my girl Friday, if that's a thing I can say and not get yelled at by feminists or something. That's from a movie, by the way. That that And also, I don't know if you treat her good or bad. I actually have never seen the movie uh, My Girl Friday. But I know the concept is, is somebody you depend on for everything and, and they do super well with that. So I text her, you know, cause she's put in so much into my life. So I decided, you know, so I'm doing these private videos and then it's supposed to be like a two week delay until the podcast comes out and then I have to cut the extra off the video and put it back up on YouTube and release it. I, I just hit this point and I don't know if anybody out there has done this. I just hit this point of creativity going, this feels like shit. This feels like I'm pushing a rock up the hill, not the whole show. And I didn't have to ask myself, is it the whole show? And I actually did an episode recently where I had skipped, I don't know, two, three, four weeks of not recording. And we had some in the bucket and I went two or three weeks missing posting stuff. But I still have one, two more to put out besides this one that's going today. And I did this show going, well, what do you say in life? You get what you say. And if you, and I was, was saying, Rock Out of Podcasting is the most important show to me. It's, it's my favorite thing to do, and yet I wasn't doing it. Now, part of that was the depression. Part of that was dealing with all the heaviness and the darkness. Because I'm tired all the time. I mean, this is, this is what I look like all the time. I think it's called resting bitch face. And I find myself driving to a gig I find myself sitting around. I walked in last night and uh come in with that face. And my wife's like, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing. You know, it, it, it's, you know, I'm going to get into this. Something is different. Something is, is heavy. I don't I don't know. I know part of it's the issue and being aware of it helps with that. The issue. Uh, let's get into that. So let's talk about the last couple of months and, and where it was all played into. But I wasn't doing the show. And I found myself going, do I really? Do I really care? I mean, if I'm not doing it, if I'm not going, oh, man, this is what gets me out of bed in the morning, if I'm going, I'd kind of rather just stare at the TV and play my game, even though I really don't want to play my game. It's something to do besides stare at the wall Then do this. Well, one, there's issues, obviously, and we're going to talk about that. But two, do I really love it? And I did push myself to say, yeah, I, I do love it. I got in and did a show. And then I realized, well, part of it is I'm going about it the wrong way. Because, yes, I want to make my living speaking. I want to make my living talking to people. I have never hidden that. I've always been there. Does that mean you as listeners have to pay me? No, I have to is never the word, right? Uh, I don't know what that means. It could mean I I do enough here live on Facebook that the world gets to see that people go, hey, I want you to come speak at my, my function. My biggest thing, and I'll tell you, I'm on Gig Salad, I think it's called, Uh, G-I-G-S-L, salad. You can spell salad. You're smart people. And, you know, I got an email the other day going, hey, you haven't logged in in a while or checking this or that. And it's a speaker site. Well, I guess they've branched out to do more than just speaking. You can put your DJ stuff up there or singing or whatever for weddings and events. But I love how crisp and clear the front of my fucking microphone is and how fuzzy my face is by it. Let me see if I can put it more to the side. Focus. Focus. You know, right here. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> uh, my point is, <laughs> there it goes. I, I told him what to do, it did it, more or less. My point is. Uh, I was refreshing it the other day, going, you know what? Looking at my picture, looking at, at what I did on GigSal, I'm like, that's that's who I thought I should be. So I put up a new picture of me and my microphone. Just a selfie that I had with my headphones on, and everything. Uh, I linked a couple of episodes of Rock Out Podcasting there because if I'm going to speak anywhere and get paid for, I'm going to do this. You got to know what you're getting. Now you can ask me to not swear. Not a problem. That's never that's never a breaking issue. If you ask me to push your company line if i don't agree with your company line then i'm going to have to decline i want to come and help you be awesome that's what i want to do and so my biggest thing is communication i find i keep getting back to communication today is going to be a little bit about communication but it's also going to be about communicating communicating with yourself But that's the thing. If you want me to come and speak at your event, it's going to be about communicating. And more than likely. I mean, you need to listen to my shows. You need to call me and see what I talk about. We'll work it out. Those kind of things. So I said, fuck it. I said, fuck it. (laughs) I said, let's take all the crap out. Let's, Let's stop hiding behind a paywall because there's not like a million people trying to beat down the door for my time. I think I should just go live here on Facebook. Anybody can watch it anytime. And... We'll worry about the Patreon later. It's still there, Patreon dot com forward slash Rock God of Podcasting. It's still there. There's still some levels. I just tweaked it to where it doesn't say the live video is is a level, so it's going to be free. Does you know? I'd love to get hired to go do you know shows. I'd love to get a large enough audience to where you'll want to come to a show, and I can come to your town. But that's all. That's all what I want, but that'll come. What I truly, my heart here is to connect with people, to share, well, as in today, to share the shit show that I am going through in my life. So that maybe it helps other people. So maybe that it it gets you through what you're doing. Or so you can say, oh man, you really do know what the hell you're talking about. Let me get some help from you. Because so many times in my life, no, let me, let me rephrase. This is the issue. The issue is I've always, no matter what, I've always felt alone and unloved. Always. Even at Dragon Con, when I'm treated like a rock star, and it's getting more and more rock starry there, even when I'm working on a big panel for Giant Size Team Up and we're doing a game night or we're doing a a, a movie panel. We just did, or no, we're about to do Wonder Woman this week. We're going to do that panel and release it. Knowing that I'm doing good work helps. Knowing that I'm being a good husband at home helps. But this last six months, and especially this last month, has really shown that no matter what, underneath it all, is still this huge gash in there that says I'm alone, and nobody gets it. It says I always feel that way. I always want to put stuff out there for other people who feel that way to know that... You're not alone. And you know, it, go, it goes to something I kind of talked about a little bit in the past. I can't remember if I did it on the show. I think I did, but I realized okay, so last six months, when I keep referring to the last six months, my mother in law for the last two or three years has been in a downward cycle of health. We'll just put it that way. And that's, that's the other thing. That's the other thing that I've had an issue with doing any show is I, I really, I want to say whatever the fuck I want to say. I need to say it the way I say it. <coughs> have a drink. Okay. That was just rude as shit. I just started to crunch ice right here in the microphone and piss everybody off. So apologies for that bullshit. I shall refrain from doing that, uh, in your ear. I will drink from time to time because obviously I'll need it. And sometimes the drink will be coffee. Sometimes it'll be scotch. It just depends on the mood that I'm in when I do it. I don't care if it's day or night, honestly. It it doesn't matter. I I, I don't, that's another concept I I have no realization of is day drinking versus night drinking. Oh, you should, it's an arbitrary number. Now, if you're an alcoholic, you drink all the time. There is an issue there. But if you just drink, what what does arbitrary time how's that 459 it's not okay to have a scotch 501 it's okay to have a scotch you know there's I know there's that song it's five o'clock somewhere anyway I get I digress and that's something that happens a lot but I wanted a place to to say what I want to say but there's things that I hesitate to say about my wife because one I understand that I, I I understand that I have no full understanding of the whole situation. Right. Two, you know, by that I mean, I perceive that she's doing something or this is what I'm feeling. This is the part of it. But something in me says maybe that's not 100% of the story. Something in me says that uh, maybe if I get through the dark part of it, or I've been doing this a lot lately, visualizing uh, when I do a, the MS show, talking about stress, is stress. Has your head down, right? We're here. We can't see what's going on around us. And I. part of me, when I'm having an issue with my wife, I realize that's part of it. And some voice in me says, when you when you get a chance and you can pull your head up, then you'll see it more clearly. So I hesitate to say exactly what's going on sometimes with, with my wife and whatnot. I hesitate to say the negative, And I'm going to today. By the way. If you're my family, and by that I mean my wife or my children, because everybody else they can just get the fuck over it. I am going to say exactly how I feel about the whole situation today. Now, my kids don't really—I don't really let them listen to this show. I have hooked them up with some podcasts and some ability to listen to some things. They're not on Facebook yet, uh, so I—I'm I, telling you now, I'm going to say things that can change your view of your happy memories of your Nana. And maybe some other people. You might want to turn the shit off. Because you better talk to me. And get a better understanding of what's going on. Instead of just hearing what I have to say. But I hesitate. I do. I hesitate to say things about family. Because of that. Because in the past when I did bear calling. I would tell a story thinking I could just do whatever I wanted. And certain people would. Use it as a weapon against my wife, and they didn't have the goddamn balls to come at me with it because they know I don't give a flying fuck. You want to talk to me about something I said on my show? We can discuss something. But you want to try to use it as a weapon? I'm a goddamn podcasting ninja. I will flip that shit and shove it up your ass so fast it ain't even funny. And everybody knows that about me. So they would try to guilt my wife into stuff or manipulate my wife, or and she would and she would take it for a while. Then at times it just built up and and. I, don't, I honestly have no idea if she ever said something to the family members that were using it against her. I think she ultimately did because they stopped. But she came to me and was like, why would she just quit talking about family because they're, they're – I'm like I, – I don't remember my exact words. The intent was, fuck them, but because I love you and it will make your life easier, I will see what I can do. And I did. I think she kind of pushed them back a little bit too, found a middle ground. But I do hesitate to say certain things. I I need that to stop. I need the freedom because I talk things out, and I feel like I have nobody to talk to. And Angie, before you type in, you always talk to me. Now, there's there's a point in life when I hit this bottom, when I start scraping rocks. And have you ever done that with your – okay, most everybody has. In your car, you go over a speed bump too fast. You scrape the speed bump. Now, Kelly, I see Kelly was in. I don't know if he's still in. It doesn't tell me when they come in and out, but Kelly was here. And I know he has a big raised-up SUV kind of thing. But you know, a post, you take a corner too too close at the ATM, and that's how I feel right now that I've been scraping bottom and hitting stuff like, oh, God damn it. And I talk things out. That's how I do. And I I, I need that ability. And there's other people that if things get really bad, I can reach out to. And I did reach out to somebody yesterday, just kind of feel some things out and get some ideas out. But I realized I need the freedom. I've been tying myself up too much. So I hesitate to say things about family. But I hesitate to say anything about my wife. Part one was what I told you about maybe not always seeing the whole situation. But part two is in the moment when I am dealing with some shit – When I'm upset with her or I'm frustrated or I think she's done me wrong. I know that I will will get back together on the same page. She and I will work it out, whatever. But I, I feel like if I come on any show and say something publicly about it, that it will shape your opinion and your idea of her. And that's something I have a very hard time dealing with. Because she's not here to put herself out there. She's not here to even talk back. And for me to go, well, she's did da 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 da. Well, maybe she isn't, maybe she isn't. Maybe my perception is off. I never want to say things, but today I've got to deal with the issue. So in the last six months, mother in law cycling down, getting what she says. And you get you get the life you say. There's another concept along with that. I believe it was Joe Vitale, uh, Return to Zero, I think is the book. Where the idea is when you interact with someone, let's say you have this bubble of it's your universe, right? This tiny bubble around you. And I, as long as I'm in my own bubble by myself, I can say everything I want and I can shape my universe and what I believe is what I get and what I focus on is where I go. But that's that's an isolated life, right? So then you you interact with somebody else's bubble, right? You start Venn diagramming, you start overlapping, especially when you're married. There's a big overlap there. When you have kids, there's an overlap there, and on out. And the way he he said it was, and, and Jim Swilly, you know, truth telling is what I say at the beginning of this. Jim Swilly, some Jim Swilly truth telling. Dennis Willey talks about uh, getting pulled into other people's realities and being influenced. This is is one of the reasons I have a, a huge problem with politics and one of the reasons I have a huge problem with people on Facebook. I understand there needs to be a conversation about it. I believe you're having the wrong fucking conversation about it. I believe when two sides are just goddamn yelling at each other and fucking posting memes, and both sides just believe in whatever bullshit comes from whatever source they think it needs to come from, there's no conversation. And it's goddamn real Housewives of Washington, D.C., is what it fucking is. And my wife loves all the Housewives shows. I hate them. I think they're horrible. Because I know part of the reality is maybe people would get along better if the producers weren't pushing things. But the second part of it is the worst comes out in people because it's encouraged. Or maybe it's just who you are, but it, it's just this train wreck. And they never actually talk to each other. There's always this, I have an issue with this person. And they talk about, blah, blah, make an issue bigger, start some shit. And then maybe eventually, oh, well, no, me and this person are finally cool. We got things settled. Now I have an issue with this person. That That's all this shit is. Instead of sitting down and going, how can we make this world better? How can we change the course of what's happening in history right now? Truly change it. How can we understand the world better? It starts here, right in your house but we'd rather get on Facebook and be anonymous and post bullshit and share memes and fuck the world it just kills me it bothers me so you get what you say in life and and so when you're Venn diagramming in life right when you're when you're overlapping the Joe Vitale concept is you may not have caused her problem you may have not had anything to do with her problem but now that you're in that sphere of influence, right now that you're interacting with somebody who has a problem, you're part either part of the problem or you're part of the solution, right? That's partially being married. It's it's we both had issues that neither one of us caused in each other, and when we got together, the issues clashed. Now, I'm specifically talking about me and my wife, but you can add it to anybody. And. It, it, Now we're part of each other's solution or part of the problem and you get divorced. Carl, since you're here, I'll I'll actually quote you. Uh, He said that when he and his wife got married as a second marriage for both of them, they spent a while saying, okay, I feel this way because, and this, this, what, how you said it triggered me because, and you worked through some of your shit. Well, my wife was 18 years old. 19 maybe. I was 22 when we got married. We didn't have the concept. And we have worked towards that. But let me get into the last month. Because I was talking about how my mother-in-law had three years at least of, of, if not more, of downward spiral. And you get what you say and the life that you want. And honestly, if all you're doing is goddamn fucking Trump this or goddamn fucking left-wingers that, that's the life you're going to live. It's always going to be that way. If all you ever do is goddamn talk about... This quote is attributed to Morgan Freeman. I honestly don't know who said it, but it's a goddamn good quote. How do you end racism? And hear Morgan Freeman's voice because it sounds genius in his voice. And whether he said it or not, I have never looked it up to find out. But supposedly the urban legend goes, because it's urban legend, I got to look it up. The urban legend goes, how do you end racism? And Morgan Freeman says, you stop talking about it. And I see that so clearly with everything going on in politics, is I haven't participated actively in politics for, I guess, 16 years now. No, 12 years, something like that. It doesn't matter. And I see that when people, oh, Trump, oh, left-winger, oh, you got nothing. You got nothing you can talk about. But when you come to me and you say, okay, this is a great example for Carl. Uh, He worked for our USA. And at some point, we connected up in the universe, and they were like, hey, we're helping out families in need, and we're doing it under this banner. Would you like to help? And I said, absolutely. And I went for a day and changed somebody's life for a day by handing out some food and helping out. And they do that kind of thing every day. You got to start at home. But that's, that's getting away from the issue, my issue which I'll reiterate is no matter how successful I get, no matter how many people I'm around, no matter how much people seem to believe in me, I still have this deep, deep, deep issue of feeling like nobody gets it, that I'm always alone. And in that feeling, I feel unloved. Now, I know my wife loves me. I know my kids love me, although they frustrate. I don't mean in a standard period, oh, they frustrate me, but I love No, there's there's other frustrations there that I might get into. But for the last six months, back at Thanksgiving, right before Thanksgiving, my, my mother-in-law had a stroke. And she went to the hospital for the first time of four in a series. And the way my brother-in-law is... My wife stayed at his house. And that's two doors down, but that means no going out and doing anything with the kids. She couldn't leave the neighborhood. She really couldn't come home for very long at that point. She slept there. There's lots of issues to deal with, and some of it's relevant to the story, some of it's not. And honestly, Sean sees this. I'm going to keep it simple and keep it to the point, but it's my story to tell. So she had to stay over there. So now we're leading up to Thanksgiving. So it's not quite break. Break came very quickly, but I had to get up. I I was doing gigs at night. And this is about the time, towards the end of October, 1st of November. This is about the time that I I was doing six gigs a fucking night. Six gigs a night I was doing. Not a night, I'm sorry. Six nights a week is what I was doing. And... And doing that, I was making good money. And then the podcasts were helping supplement and we we're getting ahead. And we we're going to have a decent Christmas. And I had booked a gig that in six days, it was a it was about a five-day thing, but there's travel time and whatnot. I was going to get paid so well on this gig that it was going to cover what I was going to miss on my other stuff. So I was making up my bills and pay me, God, I know there's like $600 more. And my wife and I, holy shit, we can actually do like a fun Christmas for the kids. Yeah, you know, we can, we can, we can have some fun with this. We're gonna pay our bills. We're gonna save some of it, and Christmas is coming. And we always do little things for Christmas, and we always have a. a that's a whole other story. But that, and then for no reason, that gig just went away, and then other gigs started dropping off, and I went from six nights a week to five to three. I think I got down to two nights a week, and now it's panic time. Because now I'm having to fill in the gaps, and I'm reaching out to my friends. Do you have any kind of work, and this and that and the other, and I I went back to driving Lyft. I've always driven for Lyft. It's just off and on. I went back to, like, full-time driving, and stressful. And so all that's going on, and then my mother-in-law has a stroke. It has to go to the hospital. And there's a lot of ins and outs to that. That frustrated the fuck out of me. That brought me down. But it was seeing how tired my wife was, seeing how upset she was, seeing the <sighs> stress on her. And I was able to tell her the other day, one of the biggest things that bothers me is I can't just make that all go away. I can't just take your pain and, and make you feel better. And that's what I want to do. You know, there, I can't even help. You know, I, I, I can't do anything for you i mean i know i am doing stuff for you i'm taking care of the kids and so i had to go out late at night and work get home right midnight be by myself which is always frustrating uh just because i like being with my wife and she likes being with me knowing the stress she's going through then getting up at six thirty the next morning to get the kids up to get them to school to you know then go back to bed for myself and then get you know it was just a full stress thing and and she comes and Thanksgiving's coming up and I told them cancel Thanksgiving. And they didn't. And and that's fine. They being my wife and my brother-in-law. So, the, she comes home right before Thanksgiving and she's better. She's she, there's stuff going on whatever, but she I think she's actually over here in her wheelchair whatever. Uh then we move into December and something else happens. She goes back to the hospital with this it's for like 3 weeks. And that got super stressful again. There's lots of school. There's me trying to get gigs and drive and don't know where the money's going to come from at the end of the month. And I'm still doing Rock Out of Podcasting. I'm still doing Breaking the panel on Pokemon Go podcast and this and that. But I'm starting to really wear my stress to where everybody can see it. And we'll take a drink. So. It just, the hardest part of that is feeling like my wife and I are a team. But here's where I started realizing this concept. And here's where I started, my world started breaking for me. My, My perception of my reality started breaking for me. Is Aaron's the favorite on my list? End of story, period. I would burn down all of podcasting. Honestly, I know Phil's watching, and maybe he understands this. I don't know. I haven't haven't talked about it much, but I don't know that anybody would find this as a surprise. I would shut down the Giant Size Team Up Network and walk away from it if that's what my wife needed. Because so many times in the past, where she was the most important thing in my life, but I let other things distract me, I treated her like shit. Yeah, I was chasing the music dream for so long, and I, I would buy, I'd buy stuff for the band, and and hurt our bills, our ability to pay bills, and not ever consult her. But supposedly, she's the most important thing in my life. And then when they there'd be an upset thing, and there there's a there's a moment of everything coming to a head. Right? It's not like she ever threatened to leave me or anything, but it would be whatever moment I needed to wake the fuck up and go. I was treating her like shit. She's taking last place to everything I want to do instead of being a partner in everything that I do. And it waked me up. And at one point, I was doing this, this network called Bear Crawling Nation. And we got attention from Adam Curry and his people and, and his network. And I was doing everything for everybody. And it was growing and things were working because why the fuck wouldn't it work when all you have to do is show up and turn on a microphone and do the parts you like and anything you don't like, you just hand off to me because I'm the one growing the network. That's easy for you. And it's my fault. There's no blame. And I I, I felt like I came out with some blame there, but there's no blame. I realized it was because that's exactly what I told him to do. And I'm doing everything, and and this is before I had a good cell phone, or or this actually might even be before real data was unlimited, it's easy to be on your phone all the time with your emails and stuff. There was a night, I'd come home, I remember towards the end, and say, okay, I gotta deal with my emails. And I'd pull up my laptop and sit on the couch, and for an hour, deal with emails. I don't mean fan emails of, oh, this is so awesome, that shit never got fucking fans that thought we were awesome. I mean, don't get me wrong, Angie was part of that. She liked what we did. There were some people who liked what we did, but I'm talking about diehard fans who just want to write in and oh, my God, I caught your show today. That was amazing. Uh, keep up the good work. It ain't nothing like that. The deal with the emails was always the complaints. Here's what's wrong with the website. This is what's going on. That's what's going on. And to an hour of that and maybe even have to take a few phone calls, and this is at night, like after dinner, when I should be chilling with my wife and my kids. And I'm not. And it got stressful. That at some point, I mean, it just got so goddamn heavy to carry. That I talked about a lot of this. You want to hear a lot more details on it? There's an episode of right, i got a podcasting called The Rise and Fall of the Bear Crawling Nation, and a lot of that is there. Um, she said to me, you know, we, we just had this. this. I was sitting at the same desk I met now, and she was standing off to my left, uh, Cause that's you know where she comes in from the door, and I don't remember what we were talking about. What we're, we were kind of having a fight without fighting. It's one of those okay, there's some shit here. We're, we're dealing with shit we don't want to deal with, but we're not fighting. And I said, "What do you want?" Yeah, I meant that. So what what do you want? What'll make it better? And she said to me, "Pick one. You're doing Bear Claw Nation, and you're doing Roadshow, and you're producing this, and you're doing that. that, 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 that. You're you're." Always on the phone, you're always away from us, you're never here, whether you're physically here or not. Pick one and stick with it. And I said, okay. And I did, and it lifted a big burden off of me, and then professionally started to grow and do other things. So that's what I'm talking about. Is I had finally gotten to a point in my life, I mean, I had been chasing random dreams. And I mean, this is when SEO started really Popping up. This is when Twitter and Facebook and G Plus first came out. First, G Plus first came out. Twitter and Facebook were rising, and people understood they had to be, or they needed to be on these formats. I didn't understand them, so I'm trying to to sell social media management, basically was what I was trying to come up with, and chasing that down about promoting you on Facebook and coaching you on or getting a podcast going, and those kind of things. And it was just a lot of spinning wheels and a lot of hard times. And so I picked one, and I stuck with it. And because, oh, that's the story I wanted to tell. So my wife was close to this lady named Lila. She had taken care of her. She was working outside the home, and that's what she's doing. She was taking care of this elderly lady, helping with her bills, driving her to her daughter's appointments, uh, cleaning house. You know, basic stuff uh, that is goes into when you care for somebody to actually care for them and take care of them. And the old lady. Uh, The the Lila, let's just call her Lila. She she died. And the funeral was on a day that my son had a soccer game, and I had arranged to do a live show with this chef because I I was teaching her about getting this out there and doing this in social media, and it'll blow you up. Because I thought I was stupid enough to think that if I can get her to blow up, then I can get paid and and grow myself. Well, that's the back-ass way to do shit. It's the stupidest fucking way to do shit. Is you have to be good at what you do, and then connect with others who are good at what they do, to ever grow. Yeah, if you want to reference something out of the Bible, maybe it's even in the Quran, but it's it's a uh, like unto like, or um, the one my mom always said was uh, yoked. Don't be unequally yoked. You know, you have to basically. And they were supposed to be Christians and sinners, right? A Christian is a big strong ox and a sinner is like a little stupid donkey and, and they can't pull the same way. Don't be, you know, but that, the idea truly though is in life and in the universe and the way things happen is what you believe about yourself, what you believe about your universe, that is what you're pulling in. And because I believed that I was a failure without other people, what I pulled in were failures that needed other people to make them successful. Except I couldn't make them successful because I wasn't successful. So anyway... Funeral soccer game, and I'm going to be doing this live thing. It's going to not, not going to, literally, not going to make me any money today. Not going to be anything of note. It could have been canceled, it could have been moved. And dumb fuck that I was, I chose to go do this thing that I put this false importance on to do this show with this chef that went nowhere ever. And while she's a good person and and decent. It turned out later she really was not cut out for cameras and not cut out for video. And what I was trying to do with her, she's just a person. People don't like telling me no, and I know I'm a, a decent salesman. And I know I'm infectious in my energy. And and when I get to doing something, you want to do it too. That's the effect I have on people. So I think there's part of that. And then and then when I'm just painting this picture of, for me, what exactly what could happen. Of you know, growing this, and people see you, and you build this audience. Well, when that's right for you, that's right for you. But when I paint this picture of of you know, money raining from the sky, basically, which is not everyone intended, but I'm just being exaggeration here. It's hard to say no to that. So anyway, I went and did that. So my father in law took my son to a soccer game, which of course he was disappointed because my my wife had been his mother. My wife had been at everything. Every game he'd ever been in. And he was used to me not coming because I still actually worked for a living then for an office and had crazy hours. And a lot of times I had hours that were overlapping his games and just couldn't go. So he's used to me not going, but her not going. He was super disappointed. And she went to the funeral. And it turns out this person that at the time I just thought was lower than dirt, wouldn't piss on them if they were on fire. Just horriblest of the horrible people. And and don't get me wrong. They're a very wretched fucking person. Very wretched person. Not ratchet, you idiots. Wretched. It's a real word. Look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Anyway, she isn't But she took the time to go with my wife to this funeral. And that night after I get home, and my wife's sitting there, and she's kind of recounting the day, and she's grieving because her friend has died, and she's very much connected to those kind of things and i think i don't understand funerals i'm very disconnected let me just put it this way i'm very disconnected from most of what society fucking says should and shouldn't happen but what i do realize it doesn't matter you get you go with what you need get what you need and my wife likes that closure about things there's certain things that bring her closure a funeral if you're having one is one of those things but, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then when I turned out that this person went with her, I, I mean, just instantly, it was like, Whoa. I mean, I just, everything fell apart for me there. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? I, I, to myself, are you fucking kidding me? I went and did this ultimately. I mean, it was a fine thing to do when there's nothing else going on. But I, I made this stupid choice and wasn't there for my wife when she needed to be it was a huge moment in my life. And that led to ultimately pick one, stick with it. And and now in building what I've built, I've consulted with her all the way, but that's why I say now she is, she's absolutely, because I realized I was chasing everything that I thought could help me get better at stuff when I was just should have been focused on how good I was and working on that. So if she were to say, you know, burn it down, it'd, it'd get burned down. She's my favorite. I, I, I could, I have actually been at work at a paying job and she called me and just was losing her shit and needed my help. And I told my boss, like, I gotta go. I didn't ask off. I didn't say, can I please? I went, nope. My wife's having problems. I gotta go. I'll be back tomorrow. And my boss's like, uh, okay. And I went and dealt with it and I actually was able to come back the same day. Uh, but I went and helped her. I was there for her. Well, I realized Well, I believe I realize now this could change and that's, this is where things turn. This is where you got to take the, the good with the, the, the now, this is the now, this is what I think now. And I could realize and learn more stuff later and change my belief. But I believe in this last month, I've always known certain things I was losing my wife and I kind of talked about this, but I'm nobody's favorite. That hit me like a ton of bricks about a month ago was there's plenty of people who like me. There's plenty of people who would do Angie's one of those Angie's Well, I said, hey, I, I hate to ask, but I'm asking anybody I think can actually help. I'm moving. I could, I really could use some help. She made plans to be there. But I would expect in Angie's case that if she's doing something, she takes care of her nephews all the time. She helps her mom do stuff. And if she's doing something, and I go, I need something right now, and I would expect her, I, I got the boys, I can't. Carl Dodge has a family. He has a career. If I say, I need something right now, I expect him to go, I, I, I'm sorry, man, I can't. But I would like somebody in my life to be, I need something right now, absolutely. And my wife's like, well, yeah, I'm like that, and This is a talk we had, and this is something I realized a very long time ago, and I won't tell you the story. The story is not that important, but it's the truth in the story that's important, is there was a moment in our lives when she had to choose between me and her brother, and I I never meant to put her in that situation. We never saw the situation coming, but it happened, and it pissed me the fuck off. And this is where he and I really started breaking. We'd had a kind of relationship before that. We had we had some connection before that. Uh, it, it really broke there. Uh, she had to choose between me and him, and it ruined our plans. I was actually surprising her. I would gotten a babysitter for the night, a friend of mine. Uh, everything had worked out perfectly, and it just wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't going to happen. And, Nicole, you say that. You say that. But you have a daughter. You have a husband. You have firefighting things. And if I call you and be like, hey, I need something right now. And you're on a fire you're not even going to answer your phone. And that's, that's neither here nor there. But what I'm saying is there's true life stuff. If I told Douglas, if I asked Douglas, I need you to quit your job today. Today. I need you to quit your job and come work with me. But I can't pay you. But if here's my plan. If you work with me and quit today maybe in six months we'll get there. No, he's not going to do that. You're his favorite. Lancey's his favorite. Now, I do have, I I have a long-standing relationship with Douglas and a long-standing relationship with Nicole. But when I say you're their favorite, my my kids are my wife's favorite. And then my brother-in-law is her favorite. Because here's what it comes down to, and this is what I said to her. If I call and say, hey, right now, Something simple. Actually, this actually did happen the other day. Hey, I'm not doing anything today. Wonder Woman has come out. We've worked through some of our issues. And while I'm not super happy, and I'm still figuring things out. I want to try to take, take you to go see Wonder Woman today. She had to check with other, including her brother, she had to check with other people first. That's what I'm talking about. Not fuck the world, whatever you want, let's go do. But me... Now, I will tell her, and we do work together. If it comes down to it, I will turn down a paying gig to do whatever she needs me to do. Period. If it's just, hey, I want to go to the movie, I'm like, that's kind of dumb because it's going to cost us money, and I have a really good standing with the people who book the gigs for me, so it just really costs me money as far as not working the gig, but if you really want to go to a movie tonight, okay, because you're my favorite. I'll do whatever. Maybe I should be my own favorite. I mean, that's that's something I'm working through here. But in the last month, so in, in January into February, I don't remember the exact dates. My mother-in-law returned to the hospital one more time uh, for three weeks this time, and it, it was. It always makes my wife cry, which fucking pisses me off because I can't fix it. That's that's why it pisses me off. I can't. I can't make it better, I can't fix it. I can't give her some of my detachment that does help. I mean it does my my sister called me a while back a long time ago uh for my mom. oh oh, my mom's going to the hospital, okay I mean this is my tone okay why well shes she we think she's having a stroke. You need to come right now why well, you know. so to be that's okay, I stopped her say I live an hour over an hour away from my my parents. And I can't remember what was going on with my kids or whatever, or even how many kids I even had at the time. But there's things in my life that have to be taken care of. So it's not just a run down the block. And I'm a paramedic at heart. I did. I was an official paramedic for a while. I'm considered a lapsed paramedic now. And I've been working on some of that. But I understand medicine. And, and when she described it to me, I called it. I said, well, no, I think that's probably Bell's palsy. But here's the reality. To my sister, I'm saying this. Here's your answer. What am I going to do? If I rush the hour and a half it takes for me to get to you, one, you might be out of the hospital by then. Two, if she is having a stroke, what can I do for that? What is sitting in a waiting room going to do, do anybody good? I'm going to stay here where I am and do whatever it is I'm doing, working or taking care of my kids or whatever, call me and keep me updated, but there's absolutely nothing I can do at the hospital. That's how I roll. That's the attachment I have. It was my mom. And the reality is either she has a stroke or she doesn't. Now when there's something I can do, when I can be there for somebody if they need me, then I've learned, okay, I'll go do that. When Lanty was born, you know, I had Douglas call me and I said, okay, what do you want from me? What can I do? I mean, seriously, what can I do? And he said, we need to get the, the baby's room finished for when they come home. I said, all right. You know, I'm on my way, and I came out to the hospital. Saw Nicole, saw Lanty, uh, you know, supported Douglas in whatever he's doing. At the time, I can't remember if he's named here. Not by explaining because she was a preemie, so I, I think I helped explain a few medical things to him. Going, as a parent, you freak out, but don't worry about it. Actually, she's all good. Uh, those kind of things. Then we went back to his place and physically worked on getting the room ready because, again, she was a preemie. And it wasn't quite. Ready, blah, blah blah, and so it was worthwhile. It was it was something I could do. I mean, if she was, because she was in the the pediatric ICU or neonatal ICU, because she again she's a preemie. So I mean, there's a stress level there. So just being there with him, it, it, if just being there with him really helped, you know keep the stress down to kind of emotionally take some of that stress on myself to help him out and then to physically do something else so I understand sometimes people just need you there I wish I could give some of that to my wife and I couldn't but she, my mother-in-law went for three weeks and again Aaron's over there every day and it stuff that I carry that I never should carry this is my issue and the reason I keep referring to it this is my issue is that in our fight, I mean, we, we got into it the other day because I, I started with, I had I did have an issue, and I was like, I feel like, and then it turned into this fight, and she attacked me, and she did this angry thing, and, and she was, it's your issue. You need to take care of it. One, whether or not it actually is my issue, when you're trying to discuss something and it's just a fight, I've actually grown enough to where I, I've just pulled back. But there were definitely times when that wasn't going to happen. Pulling back wasn't going to happen. It's—I actually had this fight with her a long, long time ago. If I'm this irrational, angry person, why the fuck would you keep punching me? Not literally, but emotionally. If it's truly my issue, why do you keep fucking? Why would you punch that? If why would you smack the bear? The bear's issue is that it's a bear and it wants to eat your face. So why do you go up and smack it in the face a whole bunch of times? I mean, I actually said that to her. This was many, many years ago before kids. And she was there for three weeks. My mother-in-law was in the hospital for three weeks. And, And the first hospitalization visit, there was a ton of issues, different hospitals, shithole hospital. It's just a thing. And so that three weeks I was stressing because I'm carrying how much she's stressing because she thinks her mom, every time they, her mom left for the hospital, they both thought she was going to die, you know, which is fine. I mean, there wasn't, it wasn't totally irrational to, to, to think that at all. But she went to the hospital. So my wife's over next door and she has to be there all day doing nothing. Of course she's bored and, and I'm doing everything around the house and I'm alone and, Getting more depressed, to be honest, because without realizing that's what what my wife had done and what fans do, what people who appreciate what I do, what people who write it, all of you watching do, you're seeing the faces that show up. Because I guess if you're my friend, I get a nice little watching now icon, and that's cool. I can see five people are watching it now. That matters. That helps. When you type back, that helps. And I think that's part of being a creator on the internet. That's an episode I'm I'm going to release here soon. I'm still catching up on getting everything out. Uh, so that would just go week to week. That's what we're going to do now. You, As a creator anywhere, you need the feedback. You need to know that this is beautiful. And it's easy to say, as an artist, you should know your art is beautiful. Most artists don't. Look at Kurt Cobain. At the time, probably one of the biggest fucking rock stars on the rise in the 90s. And it just wasn't enough. It just was too much for him. He killed himself. You can even go recently to Chris Cornell. Don't know why. And and yes, yeah, fucked up weird. The anti-anxiety medicine can actually make you suicidal. Anti-depressants can actually make you depressed. It has a different effect on people sometimes. But whatever's going on, it's not a healthy human life. And so artists are damaged i mean that's that's part of it and so aaron's over there and she's she's i'm just carrying her stress because i know she ain't sleeping i mean she wasn't sleeping good and she's worried about her mom and she's watching right now but that's okay you know we've talked about some of this and you know maybe listening to this will will be better it's all for me it's fine but so oh i don't want to hear the documented carl i don't you know, there's a whatever to that, but thanks for derailing me. As that, <laughs> but I'm sitting here going, you know, I'm so exhausted and my reserves running out, and that message in me that I don't, I, I have no concept of how to fix it. I have, I, I, that's the part I'm be working on. That's there's no happy answers here today, people. This is the part I'm be working on, but that deep thing of no matter what I do in life, I'm alone. People don't get it. They don't They don't understand. And a part of that is just being a visionary. I said this to Carl the other day. You know, interpret this however you will. Uh, I'm a god among men. And I get that. I get that. There's stuff I see and I understand that people don't get it until just in their face they see it. Podcasting. I jumped on board as soon as it was early on. And I'm talking about when nobody's listening to my show, I'm telling people... I'm going to be this rock out of podcasting. I mean, I, I, I grabbed the title then because it's this rock and roll mentality of being metal attitude meets talk radio and being on the stage, and I just wanted that energy behind me. So I started calling myself the rock out of podcasting then, 12 years ago. And while I definitely was damaged and didn't have the confidence, I had this vision of just being in a part of a bigger world that we didn't know how it was going to play out. All we knew early on in podcasting was you could possibly – uh, get on serious radio or you might get, you know, who knows? But I knew, I knew I was going to be doing this thing. I knew I was going to be doing it for a living. And I tell my closest people, and even Angie, and he's like, whoa, wow. You know, slow down. You know, Hugh was the worst. He was like, don't put the cart before the horse. And I'm like, well, maybe the cart needs to go in front of the horse because the horse needs to fucking do something different. That's what we're doing here. We're changing the goddamn world. We're doing something different. And... All I can tell you, Angie, Angie... See, again, this is how the show goes. Whatever happens is whatever I fucking feel like doing, I do. And Angie, the messages are updating for me as it goes along. I don't know for somebody watching. Uh, Maybe if you pop out the window, which is what I've done, uh, is I have the big window out with the chat on the side. Maybe that'll help you. I don't know. Anyway, I always envisioned at least what we're doing now. And people just couldn't get it. So I know part of it is... I can see things, and that makes me a good leader. Is I'm going to go over here and do this, and that's why I like—I uh, always liked um, Steve Jobs and his quote. The quote about denting the universe is is fucking awesome, but his quote about my job is to do things to basically build things for society before society even knows they want them and tell them they want it. You know, and that sounds on the surface it kind of sounds like a shady. Sales tactic, right? But in reality is all inventions come, all new things on the product on the markets come from a need that maybe we didn't even know we had. My wife's a great example. She never wanted to get into Wi-Fi. She never wanted high speed internet in the house. She was happy with the world. She never wanted a smartphone. I drug her kicking and screaming into all of these things. And now it's like, ooh, Wi Fi. I can just sit right here and print to the printer across the room. Awesome. Oh look, and she actually does say, "I do appreciate my phone because it gets me what I want." She wanted to save money, she wanted to use her apps, and I had to get her onto a smartphone. But she picked a basic bullshit smartphone. As I know like, now, in this last one, you're coming to the iPhone. Okay, I didn't really want an iPhone, and I don't need all the bells and whistles that come with it. But it does run my apps exactly the way I want. I can do it anywhere. It's great. That's what Job fucking meant. Was his job was to make sure. That what he saw came to fruition because you didn't even know you needed it. And now that you have it, you don't want to live without it. So I get that part of that is being a visionary that people won't understand what I'm doing. Part of that is damage. A big chunk of that was dug out of me from the church when I was 12 years old. I told that story on one of the Rock God shows. Uh, I'm sorry. You have to go look it up. I don't remember what it was. Uh, Angie, if you feel froggy. You can go to Rock God's site and look it up, but it's a story. And I don't even remember what it's titled. I don't remember how, if it made the notes, but it is basically how I got kicked out of the church when I was 12. And you think, oh, people get kicked out of the church. No, my dad was the goddamn preacher. Well, he's an associate pastor. So politics instead of Jesus' is love ran the church. Because I was raised in the Baptist church going, God is love. And there was a lot of concepts about fucking religion that didn't coincide with what I understood about Jesus' is love. And being good to people. And why would exclude anybody? And that, that concept of why would God create anybody and then say they have to go to hell unless they say this prayer? I don't understand. I still don't as an adult. And that's a whole other show you can ask about. See, here's the thing. If you want to know more about stuff, fucking email me. RGOP at and Or fucking go straight to bearcrawling at gmail.com. I don't care. Uh, Facebook, make a post, ask your question to find out more about what I'm talking about, what what intrigues you, Takes what takes you down a road, what makes you think something new. So I lived through all the, the ugliness and the hatred and this vision of the church represents God and God is love. And then the church put us out in the fucking street. And I know that cut a huge gash in me that I'm alone. Because I processed most of that alone because my parents were trying to shelter me. So instead of including me in every step of the way and talking to me, and I probably could have used some goddamn counseling at that point. Instead of doing that, they tried to keep me safe. But keeping me safe put me alone. So I finally got to say some of this stuff to my wife the other day. And it was important. And, I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, and and I don't know if my wife wants it out there or not, but I'm going to keep it to the point. Is my mother in law got really ugly at the end? Really fucking ugly. And I don't mean, <laughs> okay, just popped in my head, evil dad. <laughs>
1: you found me beautiful once, but
0: you got ugly fast, bitch. <laughs> not that kind of ugly. I mean, just mean saying this horrible shit. <sighs> She's the one person, my wife's the one person ever believed in me for anything. And she still doesn't get the vision of the podcast. She still has an inability, at least from what she says, to see what I see and to see where I'm going. But fortunately, I've been at it long enough that I can say, what brought us this, what brought us that? And she goes, okay, I know. I get that, and that helps. But I'm still alone in my vision of where you know of everything I see and how I see these steps adding up and where they're going. And I don't have a clear vision on everything. I mean, she asked me about Dragon Con, everything I do with that. I said, the best way I can equate it is, is advertising. Because I can go to Dragon Con and be in front of a lot of people and make good contacts. And while it's never brought me money directly, it's getting the word out about the network. It's, it's getting the word about out about Rock Out of Podcasting. It's getting my celebrity out there, my influence out there. So that's what it is, and I don't really have to pay for it other than with time and energy because I get to volunteer, I get the pro. It could be, Angie, thank you. She says, uh, she's asking if it was in religion versus faith. It absolutely could be. That sounds like a good place that it would be. So if you want to hear the story about what the church did to me, it actually probably is where it is, religion versus faith on that episode. And Mike's got a ton of questions, but I'd love questions from you about what's going on, why, why I see the world the way I see it. I got, I've always got stuff up here that just never comes out because nobody asks. But I got to tell her, you know, basically, even though she can't see what I see, she's believed in me as a person. She's helped me get healthy. She's helped me get a much better dressing style uh, to, to love myself. <sighs> Thank you, Carl. Carl says it is. You know what? I'm going to put this up. Well, just... For a brief moment, I'm going to put this one up uh, so people can see as it goes along. Uh, You can on Facebook. This is a little late in the show to do it, but you can on Facebook. As you watch the video, you can put comments in by time. And as I talk, the comments will roll up in the comment window. Uh, But also, I can show it here on the video. Because I'm going to put this video on YouTube as well after the fact. So if there's anything represented, I'm going to do that uh so there you get to see the chat room alongside of my face as we do this and and Carl says it is that episode I was gonna leave it like that for for now but I got to tell my wife one of the things that really dug at me what stressed me was that in her last days my mother-in-law tried to tear both of her children down And don't know if that's because of what's going on in her brain chemically. Don't know. I don't care. I don't care. I cut my parents off not because I had an issue with them. I grew up. This is how I phrase it. I grew up with my mom stepping on my dick, putting me down, trashing me. And while I did get better at accepting my wife's love, moving towards the positive, and trying to find value for myself, and talking to my mom about it some, I still took. Whatever she threw at me. I still took whatever my father threw at me. It wasn't until they directly came at my family. Unintentionally. It was a selfish thing. They were locked up in their own damage. because They could see this too. And that's fine. But the. God damn it. Of course it's on the wrong one. Fuck. I'm messing up my stream. But it should uh, smooth out here in just a second. Hopefully. Keep going. All right. Let's see if it'll work. And it might, uh, so there is a stream issue, but I just fix it. It should be good. Anyway, but my, my mom, whatever reason she had, she put down my wife's picture. My wife loves pictures. She loves having pictures of her family, loves taking pictures. And I, I kept putting up barriers basically for it. Cause I wouldn't put them up for myself. You can run me over all day long. Cause I was that guy. But I put it up for my wife. No, 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 stop. And then they, you know, the other things happened that are irrelevant to the story. But basically, I cut them off for two years because they came after my family, they came after my wife. And what really pissed me off, what really dug deep and hurt heavy was that her mother went after her that way. And there was nothing I could do about it. I couldn't even say anything, right? I couldn't even express my anger because my wife is already angry. She's already sad. She's already stressed. She's already not sleeping. So I'm having to carry this shit. And is it mine to carry? No. It it really wasn't. I don't know how to fucking get rid of it. But it made me feel more alone because who am I going to talk to about that with? Everybody's either gonna help calm me down and tell me it'll be okay, or they'll tell me something that kind of pisses me off. I don't know what that would be, but you know, tell me what to do instead of letting me vent, I guess, would piss me off. But it doesn't change the situation. It doesn't change the anger. And I don't feel like I I, I actually no, I feel more alone because every time I think of I could talk to the Then I think about what they've told me in the past, what I see, what they could tell me. And I know it doesn't help me because that's the goddamn problem. I know the fucking answers. And my wife tells me, you don't always have answer." No, when I have the answer, I always fucking have the answer. There's just sometimes there's shit I can do about it. I know it'll get better. I know eventually we'll be able to talk it out. I know that there's a million reasons it could have happened. And I know it was not necessarily mine to carry. I know, didn't help. What did help was, even though we went through a fight first, which pushed me deeper into that feeling, when we talked about it finally, I was able to express how much that hurt me and how sorry I was that she lost her mother on multiple levels. And that the issue I had, the one that started off was, I felt like she came into the house scared. And she did. And fear, I hate fear. I hate fear for myself. And I react out of that. Because fear leads you to bad decisions. And I, I, I it doesn't honestly matter what was said. Because what I heard led me down a path. And while part of me is dead set on she didn't say look something up, it really was irrelevant because we triggered the path we triggered and we got to where we got to. And I I said, you know, I, and finally getting that whole I don't understand. I don't have to understand, but like she did a wake for basically other people. And I told her, I don't understand that when you and your father and your brother are the people that matter in this situation. And you wanted one thing and, fucktards who don't give two shits about your family who want to control everything and see that's where i definitely have major issues is control and fucking coming at my family and coming at the the thing that lives and breathes together and yeah this is what we call a fidget spinner in my day fucking clothesline pin and that's how i fidget okay i don't have a nice thing you pay seven dollars for and it falls apart i've got a clothesline pin that i can fidget with (laughs) And I definitely appreciate all the likes. That's that's awesome as shit right there. And thank you, Mark. Mark says, just want to thank you for nearly a decade of listening pleasure. I've been watching since the stick ham and bear crawling days. You know what? You fucking have, man. And it that means a lot to me. And see moments like this definitely refill that tank. And I don't know, maybe it's the love languages thing, maybe it's the 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 love tank, whatever. I'm still getting a bunch of different concepts on my horizon that I'm understanding more of but I realized that my kids were helping fill that gap right that I'm always alone and because of that I feel unloved my wife was was filling that with love and verifying me uh, <laughs> people hitting the hearts and the the thumbs up are verifying me I and mean, pokemon go has a huge audience well a relatively huge audience that means a lot success freaks didn't, but we had a decent following and we had dedicated people and honestly when I find out people are fans of me, that for a long time it surprised me and I didn't know what to do with it. Now I'm starting to understand more and more. I'm a fan of me and that's being the hard part is me being the fan of me. And that's where I'm becoming more of. But this this time that she took away to to deal with her family, that bucket was empty to finally realize what the issue was. And when she got down to it at the end of her anger, she said, it's your issue. You have to deal with it, which is still, baby, the wrong thing to do to somebody (laughs) who has the actual issue. What I wanted was what we actually got to the next day, which is let's talk about some things and let me figure some stuff out and those, those kind of things. And Carl, you can you can slide the uh, little comment button over on your phone, and it should hopefully. I've done that on, on on the EMS Underground show. If you slide it over, there's some buttons there. I need to wrap this up because I got a phone call to make, uh, and the shows aren't going to be really an hour and a half, but maybe they will. Who fucking knows? It seems to be my sweet spot. No matter how short I start a show or even long, it, it comes down to about an hour and a half. Uh, I'm feeling different. I'm going through a change. Because, like, the day we had the fight, I really just needed to express how I felt about things, and that was part of it, uh, and then and then talk about things. And it triggered. It triggered everything that was going on with my wife, uh, not intentionally. You know, I definitely started with, I feel like, blah. And that triggered other stuff. And then we got into a fight, which, of course, intentionally triggers other things. And Fights suck. I hate doing them. And then the next day, we, we talked about some stuff. Uh, but to be honest, I mean, I'm still figuring shit out. I'm still not feeling super awesome and energetic and happy. Uh, and unintentionally too, you know, I, I put into the chat room this weekend It was right after the fight. It's actually the night of the fight where when things aren't right with my wife, they ain't shit right in the world. And I mean, I felt (sighs) suicidal is not the right works. I did not want to kill myself. I didn't care to leave the world. I just didn't give a shit about anything. I was like, I don't know. The world's basically kind of over post-apocalyptic. You know, that's how I felt post-apocalyptic. The world's just over. This is the dust that we live in now. <laughs> and I went to one of the groups and put in, hey, I just—I don't even know if I'm going to get to see the movie. I have no idea what's going on, and I need somebody else to do this. And basically, the universe put everybody in a position for them to go, can't, I'm doing this, can't, I'm doing that. And it it, it just dug that hole a little bit deeper. And then I did what I do is uh, Aaron helped me work it out. And the next day I mean, we talked about the Friday that, that we would have gone to Wonder woman anyway, that's when we were talking about it and, and working some things and, and got to voice something. And I, I did, I got to voice some of what was pissing me off. What was some of the stress is I, I God damn it. You know, there's more days than I'd like to care to say that if somebody, a company came through and said, we'll pay you, a year to do, blah. And it's not something that would physically bring me pain because washing dishes brings me pain because most sinks are at my waist level. And I'm a really tall guy, so I am hunched back in Notre Dame for fucking hours. And that hurts. And, I mean, I did that job. And it hurts. And I was miserable. And it wasn't worth the money. But there's many days that it didn't even have to be communication wise if somebody said hey we know you used to read heart rhythms uh for on a computer we need you to do that for us again here's forty thousand dollars a year I would take it many days today not so much yesterday not so much but many days. and when they say well it's going to take away from your podcast there's days when I go I don't I don't care I love, I love my podcast, and that's the most of the time. And I made this statement on my page the other day. It is possible to love and hate your life at the same time because I absolutely have chosen my life and because of what I focus on. I do. I've put out resumes many times. And the most recent one being a month ago, I put out resumes to companies where I'm easily qualified to do whatever job there is there advertised. Never get a call back. Not a single one. Not an email. Not nothing. And that's possibly because I'm on the right path, and I love my life. I love being able to do what I do. But there's days when I can't bring security to my wife, to our house, financial security. I fucking hate my life. When you're looking at the end of the month and you're not sure it's just going to make it, I hate that. When I'm letting this show go and dropping the ball on this, the Rock Out of Podcasting show, I hate that. So I hope, at least in talking about this, that you can understand maybe what your issue is. Because that, that, well, what she said is kind of harmful depending on where you are in life. Because it could push, it could have pushed me deeper depending on how deep I was. It could have, I mean, that's something we talk about with paramedic medicine. I think everything is said right in the right time. So by no means am I telling her, or you, I see she's still watching. By no means am I telling you that you're wrong or that it, it, it made things worse. And that's the fucking weirdest shit, man. I can be in a situation and part of my brain is like it's the paramedic sitting off to the side going, I oh, know, you know, probably shouldn't do that, but it's going to work out okay. I'm not always just in the moment. It's weird. But the truth is when I started with the Joe Vitale stuff and when I started talking about how I'm changing the show and why I'm changing the show and how I did it wrong in the first place is I I can easily look back on this stuff with her and say, you know, I can see what I'm doing wrong. She said, well, nobody asked you to carry it. No, no, they didn't. But I'm carrying it. There are days when I feel like life is piling on to her and to the kids and, and work. And I'm at the bottom because the buck has to stop with me. Cause if it doesn't stop with me, everything explodes. And that might not even be a rational thought. I don't know. It's how I feel. And she she made some legitimate comments about you know that shouldn't have to feel that way. I, I'm blah blah blah. I'm here to help. Being able to say the things I said to her with emotion and directness that helped. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. I know that my wife loves me. I know that my kids love me. Although, I, 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 I am a different dad. I really try to be involved. And I even say, you're hurting my feelings. I mean, my, my oldest is 12. And I'll come to him with a game he wants to play. It's like, hey, you want to play? Eh, yeah, no. I even told him the other day, I had a conversation, like, growing up with a Nintendo uh, I, sports games were big. My dad loves sports games to this day. He still, that's all he really likes to play is sports games, football and shit. I don't give two shits about sports. It's just a non thing for me. And so he, at one point in my life now, I was closer to 15, 16 years old and I'm playing street fighter, right? And I'm playing, uh, I can't think of some of the other games. i battle toads, you have know, stuff that's quick thinking and button mashing and those kind of things. I'm playing these things, and it's just it's out of his realm of understanding. He, he, he feels like a loser playing these things. He, he feels defeated because he feels like he can't get the buttons. And this is, I mean, when i was 16 years old, and I can realize this. So he wants to play football. And there came a time in my life, I'm like, I, I, just, I just don't want to, Dad. Sorry. And my kid's doing that at 12. And I had that talk with him, like, I am coming to you and trying to do the things you want to do. And I need you to realize right now you're choosing to sacrifice our relationship. And that hurts me. Because I know there will be a point in life where you're so fucking busy being awesome yourself and doing the shit you do that you won't have time for me. And there could be a point in time in my life that I goddamn hope. And I've always dreamed about bringing my wife with me. And I've always dreamed about bringing my kids with me and doing world tours. And and these are the dreams. This is the shit I know I can do. It, it is, I can be the Scott Stratton. Check him out. Scott Stratton. S-T-R-A-T-T-E-N. It's unmarketing.com, I think. He did a podcast for a while. I don't know if he still does it. But he's really great on on bringing reality to social media and, and for corporations and being able to talk to them. And he's got a man bun. He looks a little bit weirder now than when I first met him. But he's cool. He's a cool guy. But he goes all over the world. And he's just himself. And he just talks. I know I can do that. I know I can be the goddamn Kevin Smith out there. He's a human being. He's telling stories like I am. He's humorous like I am. I know if we ever met, we could sit down and have a beer or smoke a blunt or do something together and be human beings together. Not being phased at all. This is where I know I can go. But I've always pictured it with my family in tow. There might be a time where that's not possible. And I have to fly somewhere by myself. And my wife is doing something with the kids. And my son's off doing something. My daughter's off doing something. So now's the time to make things happen. And they don't want to. And that 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 hits that trench. It hits that issue. Knowing that I have the issue now, hopefully will lead me to a path that will let me fill it in myself because I understand that's the most important thing. And being separate, Aaron is my rock. I mean, I did a show, I did a show, one of my favorite episodes I've ever did. Was it like being married to Aaron McFall? And I loved doing every second of that show. And I had her listen to it. And I got to watch her face. I didn't hear the exact parts, but I got to watch her face as she's listening to it. And, and, and see that connection as she's listening to it. But I know right now, as it stands, if for some reason I was to lose her, my world would end. And that's a very dangerous place to be. Because my kids need me to go on. I mean, if I didn't have kids, who gives a shit? It's just me. I can ruin my life if I want to. But I need to take care of them. And just this brief part of her being not just physically separated from me, but emotionally dealing with shit that I cannot help her with, that I wish I could make her feel better, that I wish I could take away that pain. again, give her that disconnection that I have. And I do realize that when I, I told her this in the process, that seeing how she is no matter how ugly her mom got it's still her mom no matter how hurtful her mom got it was still her mom and even in the last week i went up to the hospital with her and i got to find, i got to be there for her and that was and she kept apologizing which baby you know made me want to slap you in the fucking face and i told her stop goddamn apologizing this is exactly where i want to be because you said you needed me and i need you to need me And I want you to want me. And there's that song. That song's always in my head. I want you to want me. Uh, I need you to need me. Uh, I'd love you to love me. You know, those kind of things. Uh, So when she's like, I need you to come with me, it did not matter. All I did was sit there on my computer. Now, the second she walked near me, I'd take my hands off the computer, look at her, listen to her, make sure she knew I was there for her every second. And then, you know, when she was doing something that took her attention, I'm entertaining myself on my computer Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You could have just stayed at home. No, this is where I needed to be. And I do feel like, real or not, there are times I feel like she does more for her family, her other family, than for her family. The reality is probably far from the truth, and that's sometimes where a reality show would come in handy for me, where the producers could just play back clips for me and go, no, no, look, she did this, 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 and this. See? See? You just are missing it. You're just forgetting about it. You're a cheap trick, Carl Dodge. (laughs) I want to live forever. My wife doesn't. That is something we're trying to come to terms with. (laughs) I want to live forever. Anyway, and I'm in the singing part of the show. I need to end this. I I am late for a phone call. But the reality of what she said is true. You go back to Joe Vitale. And that return to zero. And that if you're somebody's sphere, you're part of the problem, you're part of the solution. The issue is mine. The issue is deep down. I feel like no matter what I do in this room, not how much explains, no matter how much some people can get part of my vision. I feel like nobody sees it all. And that I'm alone. That does make me question my path. Sometimes that does make me doubt myself sometimes, but then Honestly, there's the Paul Klotz and the Chris Wisdoms and the Brian Ibbets who when I have a crazy idea. Fucking Mike Woodard. I had the crazy idea for this show. And, I mean, when I pitched it, it was literally – I, I ran it by him first as a producer going, okay, this, this is this just my ego talking? But I'm always listening to rap music and metal music. And the two things that they have in common is the singers are always, I'm the best. My fans are the best. Fucking, yeah, Almost to the level of worship me, especially in rap music, is it's always I'm the best, I'm the hottest, I'm the baddest, you know, every rap singers like that. But then you go to the middle side, and it's always not just not so much in music about being the best, but they're like, we've got the best fucking fans in the world, and blah, blah blah blah. And they're being worshipped almost to a point. And so I, said, I want to do a show called Rock Out of Podcasting, where that's what I talk about, where the confidence in me, nobody's here to poo poo it, nobody's here to say, oh, you got a fucking ego, which my wife does remind me of all the time. Being right in the world not understanding it sometimes seems like an ego. And maybe I do have some of an ego. I don't know what to tell you. I do know that I fucking have the when I have the answer, I have the answer. There's a lot of times I don't have an answer. I don't know. But maybe the answer is just for me. But I pitched that idea to Mike, Mike's like, no, that that would that would work. People could ask you a question. And, you know, you talk about your life and you just come off with this energy. And I'm like, okay. And then I ran it by Douglas.
1: Mm-hmm. Named out.
0: <laughs> uh, let, me, let me put that over in the video so people can see it. Because uh, this will go to YouTube after today. Uh, but that, you know, when I talked to Douglas and I was like, um, what do you think about this idea? As, as a long, the longest friend I've ever had, uh, over 20 years now, we've known each other and been through hell and back. Uh, he had to approve Aaron. You know, and I introduced him to Nicole, so obviously I approved there. We're, yeah, it, it, I ran it by him. Same pitch. Rap music, metal music, worship me, I'm the best, blah. Figuring he'd slap it down. and He went, no. Wow, dog, no, that's a good concept. And, and then he even started giving me, he's a non-podcast guy. As far as I know, he didn't really listen to podcasts at all. He he helped do some in the past. He's been on some episodes with me on my shows every once in a while. But, He's the guy that you need in the world that helps run the shit you need. He, that's where he gets his stuff. He, I call him super chief all the time because he fucking, all he wants to do is serve his community and be a volunteer firefighter and do everything there that, that needs to be done that he can do. And even he said, you know, oh, yeah, and he started giving me ideas on how to make it better. I'm like, holy shit, this. So when people get it, that that helps. But I have to figure out how to fill in this this chasm, this this issue. Because you're part of the solution. You know I'll drop you again. Paul Clotts. He's come to me. I mean, there was a time when I, I was like, I go into a trivia gig and I just fucking read the trivia. I don't I don't know. I, and people are like, oh, we're so glad you're here. So, I'm like, I'm not I'm not even getting to do my humor like I do. I don't get to to make jokes unless somebody I hear somebody in the audience say something they didn't think I heard, and then I get to answer back. Because I do interactive comedy. That's why I've never been attracted to do stand-up. My stand-up is not telling jokes. My stand-up is a Kevin Smith stand-up of telling stories that have humor in them. But my humor, my joke, my comedy comes from interacting with somebody else and throwing in those punchlines and rea- reality-based humor. So, yeah, that's. I need to get off here. I know I, I'm rambling. Uh, but when you, guys, when you guys believe in what I do, when – when I brought that to Klaus and said, dude, I, I don't even know. And he, he he said something about the energy I bring and just the vision I bring to things. And even in the smallest part, when I bring the energy, they're seeing a ton of it, even though I know I'm only given a fifth of what I could do or less. It, it helped me go, okay, I can do, I can keep doing my, I wasn't looking to quit trivia. I just didn't understand why people gave a shit that I did it. And I, I still, to this day, have many games that I do that oh, we enjoyed it. So, I mean, teams that lost by a huge margin, we enjoy it. Thank you so much. We'll come back and I'm like, really? This week I only did like two jokes. You know, my good weeks I'll get five or ten out there, but they they do they enjoy it, and I don't understand. But I need no understanding to actually ride with it, and that's where I am. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I can to understand how to. Fix the issue that I have. Because that's the only person who can. I mean, my wife helped a lot. But I see what happens now when she's not there to continuously. And continuously is not like an everyday thing. But just to always be there to top it off, right? To, To smooth it over. When she's pulled away to have to do other stuff, it starts emptying. And then I start sinking back into what the issue is. All right, I'm going to shut up now because I don't know how to wrap this up. I'm going to keep going. Thank you all for being here. This, this is perfect. This is what I've been looking for. You guys have been interacting on the chat. I've gotten to see people pop in and out. I don't know how active Facebook is as far as putting the pictures because Klotz was watching, but his picture ain't up here. So I'm not sure what the difference is. We had some pictures up there uh, where I could see people were watching. Uh, doing the, the feedback thing is amazing on the podcast and this is a long one today but on the podcast uh you can listen to this on the go obviously if you're catching this on facebook and don't have time to watch the whole thing i'm gonna do announcements at the beginning i think that's what i need to do at the beginning of every episode now is for facebook do all the announcements up front where you can find me what you can do that way as you pop in and out you know you can come back and get it rock out of podcasting.com is where the show's home is uh, YouTube.com. Uh, look up, I think it's Charles. McFall, but just Google Charles McFall or Rock God of Podcasting on YouTube. It'll pop right up. This video will be downloaded today, uh, probably, and put up, or tomorrow. It'll go to YouTube and be live. The fi- the podcast goes to Mike Woodard, and uh, I played the intro live for the show. I'm going to kind of play it live out of the show, but he might, um, he might edit that uh, somewhat. So uh, the podcast will come out uh, very quickly. You can subscribe there. You can listen to it on the go. There's 40 something episodes already out there. And YouTube is there. Facebook.com forward slash rock out of podcasting. I don't know what time I'll be back. I really don't. That's going to be the flow of this thing is it has to happen when it happens. And I'm going to shoot for at least once a week. And I'm going to do little mini videos uh, as a, as time, you know, I need to talk about this right now. But you want more? I mean, I hope you want more. But if you want more, send me those questions. Post them on my Facebook page. Let me – let help me help you. Help me help you. Show me the podcast. Uh, give me the questions. Uh, RGOP at charlesmcfall.com. Bearcrawling at gmail.com. Twitter is at rockoutofpod. You could message me. You can tweet me. If you want to keep it anonymous, email and direct message is the way to go. And just tell me, hey – you can read the question, but leave my name out of it. Absolutely. This is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. So this is what's going to happen. Man, and this has been perfect because all of you came out, in and out, time. you know, it's fun that you go in and out. You don't need to listen for two fucking hours. But I appreciate those of you who did. And appreciate everybody who downloads the show. So, and if you do want to help out, patreon.com forward slash rock out of podcasting. All right, now it is time for me to shut the F up. So, I got to move my music over here. I um, will try to give you some out music because I feel like you need that on the live as well. Tune in, check out rock.